the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church located in Los Angeles, California. Everything we do at Shepherd is based around John 3.14 that teaches us to lift up the name of Jesus that the world might believe. We want to come alongside you in your journey with God and help you become stronger in your faith so you can better serve Jesus and share him with others. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us today. It is good to see you today, and uh, I do want to thank you for uh, coming to church. We're in a series called Anchored. We're looking at eight things that happen if you anchor yourself uh, to the Word of God. Today is the letter H, and that is if you anchor yourself to the Word of God, that you will always have a biblical view of marriage. Paul told Timothy to preach the Word, preach the truth. Because the time will come where men will not want to hear the truth. And nowhere is that more obvious than in defining marriage, or I should say defining biblical marriage. Before our very eyes, marriage is being redefined, rewritten, and redesigned. What was once a 5,000-year-old institution known as a covenant between a man and a woman has become an anybody-can-marry-anybody free-for-all. With same-sex marriages and multiple wives being married to multiple husbands, and my hope and my prayer today is that you would anchor yourself to the Word of God, regardless of our culture regardless of our peers, regardless of tongue-tied pastors, regardless of the heckling from Hollywood, and that you would stand for the biblical description of marriage. I want to begin today with God's design. That's Roman numeral number one, God's design. This was His genius, His intention, His creation, His design. God intentionally designed and created us as male and female. That takes you all the way back to the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. The first book and the first chapter, Genesis chapter 1. It says in verse 27, so God, say the word God. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. Now, I have news for you. Men are different than women. 
We're different biologically, we're different behaviorally, we're different emotionally, we're different relationally. Comedians have made a living explaining the difference using illustrations of that. The reason he made us male and female is that we would populate the earth. It says in verse 28, the very next verse, God blessed them. Oh, I love that. It says that he created us male and female, and then he says that God blessed them. And he said to them, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. God thought all that up. He blessed it. He he created us with the ability to be intimate. He designed the differences between the male and the female, the ability to reproduce, to procreate, procreate, pro, to be proactive, to proactively create, to procreate. He created us to do that. And so when it comes to marriage, there is no such thing as a new normal. There's only a forever normal of a man and a woman coming together for the purpose of populating the earth. He intended for this relationship, this partnership between male and female, to be done in the context of a committed, lifelong covenant relationship that's based on love, respect, mutual submission, and personal sacrifice in what is known as marriage. Now go to Genesis chapter 2. God gives us even greater details of this creation story. Genesis 2 verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, God took one of the man's ribs closed up the place with flesh, verse 22, and then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Imagine what that man must have been thinking when God brought the woman to him. Verse 23, the man said, now this is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. On all God's men said. All God's women said. Verse 24. For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. And Jesus confirms or reaffirms the marriage principle. And his design was that the male and the female, this couple, that they would have a covenant relationship, this marriage, this union, let her see, write this down, that they would create, bless, lead, and raise children. And that the children in turn would love, honor, and obey God. Now that has been the plan for 5,000 years. And as you study the Word of God, and you see God's design for marriage, you then begin to understand that as in everything that is holy and everything that is true and everything that is pure and everything that is of God, that Satan comes along and his calling card, this is point number two, Roman numeral number two, is deception. John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says, it's in the Bible, that Satan comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. And so when it comes to marriage, we see it's very obvious as you read through the Bible 
God's design for marriage. One man, one woman, a covenant relationship, bearing children, those children being raised for the purposes of honoring God. And so Satan sees that, and he then has an all-out assault, a severe assault, trying to kill still and to destroy marriage. Now my question is, what are some of the deceptive ways? How has Satan deceived us trying to destroy the entity of marriage? Now I'll give you a few. I'm just going to say some words. One word would be infidelity. Another word would be adultery. You have pornography. That would be another uh, that's, I, I believe, one of Satan's biggest tools today in the world. Uh, and it's not just adults, it's with children, getting those images in our minds. And it, it, it hinders uh, a man truly learning how to be intimate with his wife and a wife being intimate with her husband. Pornography is one of Satan's greatest tools. Then you have temptations where Satan has convinced us that it's okay to live together before you get married and, and, and not realizing that that statistics tell us that those who live together are more likely for their marriage if they do get married, for that marriage to fall apart. He has convinced us that sex before marriage is okay. We've got a whole culture of that. And then we have this thing called divorce where children are being raised without a mommy or without a daddy. And we have all the ramifications from that. Then we have this thing called physical or sexual abuse that starts a chain of abuse for generations to come. He's convinced us or deceived us where we no longer even know what the word commitment means. We, we don't know. In fact, we don't even know what the word love means. He has so deceived us. We think that love is a feeling instead of a decision and a, and a choice that we make to serve the other person. You see, Satan will pretty much do just about anything to destroy not only your marriage, but he will do whatever he can do to destroy marriage in general. And at the end of this sermon... I'm going to tell you why he wants to destroy your marriage. There's a reason why he wants to do that, which we'll find out in our fourth point today. So for all practical purposes, Satan has had success in deceiving man, which is my third point, man's degeneration. We have God's design, we have Satan's deception, and then we have man's degeneration we have taken the bait. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 1. I'm going to read about half of this chapter. The reason I want to read it is because I think the day will come where it will be illegal for me to read it. You say, preacher, that's never going to happen. No, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The day will come in the United States of America where portions of the Bible will be considered a hate crime, just to read it. And so I want to read it now before it's too late. But let's look with verse 18. We're just going to read it. It says that the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their what? By their wickedness. And that's that's, that's with all sin. I don't care what the sin is. Anyone who gets involved in a sin, they try to suppress the truth because they, they want to continue in the sin. So the only thing you can do is to suppress the truth. You either got to quit sinning or follow the truth. And, and so if you're involved in sin, that's why people don't come to church or leave for whatever reason. They, whatever it is, they don't want to live by the truth. Let's go to the next verse, verse 19. Since what may be known about God is plain. Everybody say the word plain. We know what's right and wrong. 
Because God has made it plain to them. Verse 20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, divine nature, have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. Verse 21. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God, nor gave thanks to God, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And verse 22 says, although they claimed they claim to be wise, they actually became fools. The word fool actually means, if you study the word, it means to act without your brain being engaged. Skip down to verse 24. Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a what? For a lie. They worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. Because of this, God gave them over. There's that phrase again. He just gave them over to shameful lust. Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. That's the third word I want you to write down. We've become fools and we have become perverse. And let's read the rest of this. And then I want to show you another verse. Furthermore, everyone say furthermore. Verse 28. Notice what it says there. Since they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, he just gave them over to a depraved mind to do what ought not to be done. Now look at all these sins because he's not talking about one sin. He's talking about all kinds of sins. They have become filled, say the word filled, with every kind of wickedness. He lists, and I want you to remember this list because I'm going to refer to it in just a moment from another passage. They have become filled with wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death. Now here's here's what I want to show you. They not only continue to do these very things, but they actually approve of those who practice them. Now, in your Bible, just one book to the right. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I want to show you three quick verses, all right? And don't forget about that whole list of sins that we just looked at. Look at verse 9. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that the wicked will not, say the word not, they will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Who is the one who's deceiving us? Satan is the one who's deceiving us. And then it says, Neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the slanderers, nor the swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 
Now, verse 11 is your verse. Because it says, and that is what some of you were. Everyone say were. That's past tense. But you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You go through and look at that list of sins. This, this church is filled with people who have been involved and engaged in every single one of these sins. Every single one of them. And yet the Bible says, and that is what some of you were, and that's what I want you to get, that regardless of how much Satan deceives us, no matter how far we fall as a man or as a woman, that by the Spirit of God, by the power of God, by the blood of Jesus Christ, no matter what sins we have committed, God can wash those sins, He can sanctify you, and He can justify you by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, my fourth point is we have marriage declaration. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. You have a woman's femininity and a man's masculinity, the woman's tenderness and the man's strength. They're different, yet when they complement one another in marriage, they together portray the full measure of the image of God. But secondly, write this down. The deeper meaning and role of marriage is it portrays the image, the future image of the final relationship between Jesus and the church. Let let me read this to you real quick. This is from my dear friend Jim Garlow. Just listen to these words. He says, we've never ever seen the real marriage. That is yet to come at the end of time. Here on earth, we only have a shadow of the real thing. With earthly marriage, we are experiencing merely the hors d'oeuvres, the appetizer, not the main course. God established earthly marriage between a man and a woman to provide a tiny glimpse of the spectacular true marriage. Intimacy between a married man and a woman is only a minuscule glimpse of the breathtaking oneness that Jesus and the church will experience one day. Therefore, Satan is obsessed in destroying marriage, the coming together, the fitting together of two complementary halves of humanity, male and female, since they are on earth a mirror and image of what is to be fulfilled at the end of this age. And that is why we're in the battle that we're in. It's not ultimately about earthly marriage. It's not about our religious freedoms or our 501c3s or even about the practice of homosexuality as such. It is about the desire of Satan to decimate the picture of God's ultimate design for the cosmos, the grand wedding of his son and his prepared bride. Ephesians 5, verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence for who? Christ. So ladies, don't be upset that you're supposed to submit. It says, submit to one another. Verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he's the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives you should submit to your husbands in everything, just like the church is supposed to honor Jesus Christ. Husbands, verse 25, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Husband, you can't even be a good husband if you don't know how Christ loved the church. He was willing to give up anything for the church. Verse 26, 
to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated his own body, but he feeds and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are all members of his body. And for this, oh, here's this verse again. It came all the way from Genesis 1 and 2. This is 3,000 years later, but it's still here. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Oh, look at verse 32. This is a profound mystery that I'm talking about, Christ and the church. However, each of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband's. Husbands, I want you to take your wife's ring, and I want you to slip this on her wedding finger, and I want you to repeat after me these words. With this ring, I thee wed, and I make this covenant to you to serve, to love, to honor you as Christ loved the church. Ladies, take that ring of your husband's, and you slip it on his finger, and you repeat after me these words. With this ring, I thee wed. I make this covenant to you to serve, to love, and to honor you as the church loves Christ. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. I want everyone to put your ring finger, married or single, put your left hand. I know we do the right hand, but let's put the ring finger on top of the Bible. God, today we, we declare as creatures that you have created to follow your design, your divine plan for marriage. A woman in covenant with a man bearing fruit and those children being raised to honor and glorify you. And Lord, regardless of what our culture teaches, may we today as a church declare that we will make our stand on biblical marriage. In Ephesians 5, Paul makes it clear how husbands and wives should love each other. Husbands are reminded they are to love their wives just as Christ loves the church, and wives are asked to submit to their husbands just as a church submits to the will of Jesus himself. A healthy marriage is a reflection of a healthy church relationship. Paul refers to the similarity of marriage and the church as a profound mystery, but one that shows us God's perfect plan and how he works for the good of all things. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. 
That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. We live in the most distracted culture in the history of the world. We see about 10,000 messages every day. We even touch our phones about 2,000 times a day. We're literally being overwhelmed with information. That's why there's no better time than right now for Dudley Rutherford's remarkable new book, One Thing, Rediscover a Simpler Faith in Our Complicated World. In this timely book, Pastor Dudley invites you to open your Bible and look closely at seven key passages of Scripture where you'll find the beautifully uncomplicated phrase, One Thing. These scriptures will quiet all the noise that you're hearing and call you back to a simpler faith. Dudley Rutherford has discovered the secret of how to focus our lives on the one thing that matters. What if you could find that simplicity? It's waiting out there, and this is your roadmap to freedom. Contact Lift Up Jesus today and get your copy of One Thing, the book that could finally change everything. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.